This is Exploring Leaders episode 14 with Leif Fogelstedt. Leif is an independent and highly experienced strategic marketing and communication advisor. He is passionate about helping companies and leaders leverage the power of storytelling to boost employee engagement. And he will be sharing his insights and inspire you to take leadership in the digital age. Do you wonder how trailblazing leaders sense at scale, involve to innovate, and align the actions in this increasingly digital world? Welcome to the Exploring Leaders podcast. The experienced team at Degotion interviews leaders from around the world for insights and inspiration on how to lead in the digital age. In this episode, Degotion CEO Katie Karawan, who is also an experienced HR leader, digital strategist, and executive coach, asks the questions. Our guest today is Leif Fogelstedt. Leif is currently working as an independent strategic marketing and communication advisor, helping companies find the energy and the ability to achieve business goals and differentiate from the competition. He draws from over 30 years of experience in the IT, telecommunication and media sectors. Leif has assumed global C-level marketing positions in companies such as Nokia, IBM and Blick. He strongly believes that the key challenge for leaders is to communicate in a way that is meaningful, understandable, and that makes a difference in the marketplace. This episode focuses on Leif's insights and recommendations on what leaders can do to increase the sense of purpose and meaning to ensure successful transformation of companies in the digital age. It's really good to see you today, Leif. Uh, welcome to this podcast episode. Thank you so much, Cathy. Really looking forward to for this opportunity. Yeah, and before we dive into your area of passion, which is communication related, I would love our listeners to understand a little bit more about which type of accomplishments have brought you to where you are today. Good question. At the last seven years, I've worked as an independent communication and strategy consultant, working with big blue chips companies across Europe, with a lot of startups. And before then, I spent like 16 years in global marketing rules within IBM and Nokia, leading teams in like up to 167 different countries, all with the objective to make sure that what we are communicating or my clients are communicating to the market is first meaningful, understandable and manageable internally, and then makes a difference in the marketplace. You make it sound so easy, but I know from experience that this is a big challenge to, to many companies and leaders today, and especially when the information is coming so quickly at us and we are overwhelmed by different strategies and different theories about how to communicate and using that in combination with digital tools as well. So I want to dive into your area of passion now, which is obviously strategy and communication supporting leaders in becoming better at sharing their stories and, as you say, make it understandable what they are actually offering and why they are in business. Why would you say that this is so important for leaders to um, focus on uh, right now and in the future? If you look on the trends during the last 15, 20 years in the world, I think what has happened, which is quite apparent when you read the latest reports from uh, Gallup, and that is like 85% of the world population today in the 30 developed countries, they are not inspired when they go to work. And when the motivation level goes down, the productivity goes down. And I think like one of the key reasons for that is like 
when you work in a big organization, it's not 100% clear for the leaders where they are heading and why. And if they haven't decided where to go, the big question I think for men is like, what are you doing every day? Because if you put pressure on people to walk an extra mile to reach targets and there is no meaning behind it, that is when I normally get contacted by companies and they say that we need to figure out what to do next. How shall we transform our company? So I think like business transformation is always necessary because customer needs, pains, challenges are changing. The competitive landscape is changing. But now we have one more element in this, and that is the digitalization. And there is a lot of leaders today that have a hard time trying to figure out what to do with their normal business. And now it's a new way to operate as well and to have interact with the markets. The, the best learning I can give or what I can share with leaders today is like before you start to move somewhere, add something in addition to your targets for the year that you can communicate to people so they get inspired. Because inspired organizations have inspiring stories and they, in the end of the day, deliver much better return on investment than anyone else because people count. And when you said inspire organizations, so which stakeholders would you uh, say are are most important to uh, get moving from the beginning? Again, if I look on uh, the history, you know, I I had the luxury to be appointed and sitting in the management team, both at IBM on global level, working with top business leaders. I've done the same in Nokia and Nokia Siemens. And I I think that has to do with that those organizations was very brave. Many clients I work with have the same kind of a view. But there is one thing missing in most of these organizations, and that is like the marketing people are not doing segmentations. They are not like, from from my perspective, if you're a strong marketeer, when the targets are in place, you decide where to go, when to go, what to say, you educate people, you do segmentations, you understand wants, needs, and challenges, you develop content and messages connected to it. And I, I must say that I'm still a little bit surprised over what has happened within my domain of expertise during the last couple of years, because people are more in marketing communication. They communicate something that is requested to be communicated, but they are not like identifying what, what, what is the reason to exist for a company? What, what's the reason to believe? And what's the proof of concept? So you can like take that into the bloodstream of the top management team. So the ones I'm talking to today, I would like to say that uh, the, the key two people in an organization that I work tremendously close with is number one, the CEO. He or she needs help because normally you are fully occupied with day-to-day work. You are reviewing things, you are in negotiations, and it's tremendously hard to follow up like with all trends and tendencies in the market and when you shall tack and change direction, do small changes. And then I work with the human resources based on the simple reason that uh, you know all organizations are driven with people and people's minds and so on. And I think brave leaders today, they're not just looking at financial sustainability, they look at social sustainability, they feel like the human capital counts. And those companies that are focusing on the key assets, their people, 
which is normally the biggest or the second largest investment the company is doing, they are more successful. Mm. And I recall once uh, we met a long time ago, you, you, you managed to do something that is quite difficult to many people. You actually explained to me in one sentence what you were passionate about. I'm not sure if you recall this, but I, I do. And I wanted to comment on that because I think it made so much sense to me. You talked about, I help leaders and employees have something to talk about and share. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounds very simple. <laughs> and you know, when you say that you need to have something to talk about, I knew by experience, and you know, long, long time ago before I started to study marketing and advertising and learn how to use uh, the words, because words count. I'm a, I was an engineer and I'm still an engineer. But the truth of the matter is like 85% of the population do not remember, regardless for what country you are in and culture and religion and so on. People do not remember numbers, but everyone remembers stories. And we were taught by our parents when we were young, once upon a time, and then you tell a story. So if you can put like a company's value proposition in form of a story and you have metaphors, that actually make an impact on people because they remember that and you become to be more likable. Fascinating, absolutely. So what type of advice would you give to leadership teams or boards who are struggling in this area? Where should they start? First of all, I think like start with looking outside in. And you know, a lot of companies, they mix up vision and mission. Vision is like, what do we want to become? I think like mission-driven companies are those that are successful. And their DNA and the way they are operating is based on like, what good are we doing for others? So it's not about if you are shareholder-driven, you have the wrong focus because, of course, shareholders are tremendously important to talk to. But what shareholders want to do here from you is what you are doing good in the market. And that comes from like you build a glue with your audience, with your customers. You give them something to talk about. You make sure that within those organizations that people that are buying your products can put that into context. And... I meet regularly and I think it's quite interesting. You meet the leader and I say, wow, amazing. Uh, you have been leading this organization now for five years. And I said, so who are you? And the answer is like, well, uh, we are operating in 12 markets. We have 24 offices, 10,000 employees. This is like uh, the operating profit we are having. And I think we will have double digit growth this year. And I said, okay, that, that's amazing. but." What, what are you doing? And then they are tripping. So I think like the key, the key advice is like to turn it around and look on it from a holistic point of view. And I think there are three types of way of thinking. You either talk about what you have, what you do, or what you aspire to become to be. And what you aspire to be is never bad. And especially if it's backed up with a strategy. And an organization that feels like this is the way we can make a difference. This is an organization I want to work in. And I think like this employee engagement, as I mentioned before, we are the Gallup. Those organizations that is actually tripping right now, that is not delivering good results, they are too much focused on targets. And I think there is another side of the coin, which some people have a hard time 
handling and that is like culture, behavior, uh, reality. Looking on the things that makes a difference, that makes your heart feel at the same time you do with uh, your brain, so you combine it. And that is what I think makes my, my profession, working with marketing, communication, the strategy is trying to like make everything a magic box, make people like who we are doing. I think that's uh, tremendously important because in the end of the day, that is what differentiates you. And that needs to be happening from like when you position your product to that you deliver your brand promise. You can check out more hints and tips in the blog post covering this podcast episode of Exploring Leaders at the Degotian blog, which you find at degotian.com. Do you have any great examples of companies or individual leaders who are you know, doing this already that you could recommend us to look into more, to learn from? I think like if I take off, I spent, before I started to work for a big corporation, I was like running my businesses. So I was in the advertising industry for many years. And then I was running a consulting company focusing on like just the power of marketing. And then I was actually hired by IBM. And IBM had a tremendously tricky situation. And I recall when I started and we were 10 people around the world that was headhunted. And IBM was listed as number 267 in the world, the brand, next after Fruit of the Loom, based on the simple reason that within the organization, everyone had their own KPIs. No one understood the value of marketing. No one understood the value of branding. So I was part of a team and we started to develop something we called e-business. I would like to say that's like the starting point for digitalization. And you know, in an organization where everyone knows the specs, they know everything about like the performance of their software, they know everything about their technology. And then you start to talk about solutions, like with e-business and how the web should change the world and how you do business and everything. I can tell you that we were a small group of people that was tremendously accused by others destroying the company. The truth of the matter was like after two years, IBM was back on the top 10 list of brands. We had changed the market completely. And then IBM had continued. And I would like to say from a marketing perspective and the consistency and continuity that they have in investments, they are still a leading brand, despite the fact that everything now is on the web, based on the simple reason that they are focusing on solutions, solutions for small, uh, small planets, solutions for cities, for villages. and, and Everything they do end-to-end is there to make the life of people easier and they have solutions that fills into a gap. So I think like from my perspective still, IBM is like a unique company that I still look at what they're doing. It's a truly intriguing example and they've been around for more than 100 years. So uh, obviously there's something to that organization in terms of survival and renewal. Well... Now, you inspire a lot of people to become braver and communicate by sharing and becoming more inspiring. What about yourself? Where do you go to find inspiration to learn more for yourself? Yeah, what I do is like it has probably been, according to my wife, something that sometimes takes too much time. That is like I spend a lot of time reading. If I'm on vacation, I'm still reading business literature, but I'm inspired by leaders that are changing the world. 
I mean, admire people that have the guts to stand up and have another opinion and others, and then they can articulate it. So what is driving me is to, uh, sounds a little bit silly, but that is to try to figure out how to make complex things simple to understand and tangible. And communication is not about a lot of different words. But for every single client I'm working with, I need to understand their business as good as they do, who are running the company. But I think my strength is that I spend a lot of time to understand the human being. What are the drivers? What makes people feel happy? What makes them act? What is not working? And there are so many different tricks in this if you're like a carpenter, I have a toolbox. I know what is working. I know how to do segmentation and so on. But still, there are so many different things that is changing right now. And what makes me more excited about my job these days than before is like when I started, you pushed out the message. It was very easy to segment markets based on political flavor of people, economical status, where you were living in the world and so on. But that's not the way it works today. You know, you can be addicted to like a sport or buying software and you can be like 24 years or you can be 94. But what is driving people always is to find something that is a better solution on what they have today. And then today also trends and tendencies are popping up very quickly. So the question for big organizations today and why internet and thought leaders around the world are tremendously interesting is like, Timing is tremendously important because you can easily be before the wave or under the wave. But the question is, what do you need to do to constantly make sure that you are in a surfing mode? Because there are, I'm a sailor, you know, and I think there is a lot of companies that is today, they are still tacking and they are not like, okay, now we can go with the wind and we can take up the spinnaker because we have found something good. And that has normally to do with that you haven't decided exactly what the company should look like and what people should say about the company for years from now. So I think the direction is important, but by reading and what makes me excited of everything going on right now, it's like uh, you can't sit still in the boat in mm-hmm. a way. There is a lot of like exciting, people call it challenges, I see it as opportunities. And to that very point, when you say that you are reading a lot, let's say if somebody now, our listeners, would be interested in uh, changing or pivoting in the area of how they communicate and share stories and, and aspire and attract the right business opportunities. Is there a specific book or author that you would recommend? For for me, you know, it's like being a marketing person. Now I go back many, many years to when I was studying, I think like, Everyone talked about Kotler and everyone talks about him as the godfather for marketing. I still think, you know, the books that have been the best written books about like change ever one comes from two different authors. One, one is uh, Jack Trout, who is the godfather of positioning. His Ten Commandments about uh, how to position a company, I think, is tremendously important. And some, sometimes that's the missing link in what's going on in an organization that uh, it's better to win. If you can't win a category, you define a new category is his first commandment. And the, another one is, or the second one is like, it's better to be first than it is to be better. And, and that is a little bit where you are today, which has to do with, you need to like be brave to test what you're doing. 
and you can do that today because it's words matters and you can test, you can do experiments. And I think Spotify as a company have done a fantastic job in, with constant development within these different areas. And then I still think that uh, Drucker with his books are like, and his theories are more, more actual today than ever before, even if he has unfortunately passed away. But, uh, and that has to do with a culture, eat strategies for breakfast, or if he said lunch, I don't recall it correctly. But uh, the issue today is like, if you don't have an organization that is prepared to experiment and you have a clear mission in what you are doing, you can't attract people because they want to be there. Because the younger generation, they, they, they think and act quicker. They want to be like in the decision-making zone. Uh, they want to influence. And I think today a lot of organization is missing the out on that opportunity. To get even more value out of the podcast series, Exploring Leaders, you can find everything from research reports to advice and courses at the Degotian Insight platform, which you can find at Degotian.com. Now, looking at you as a person, I mean, you have a long career behind you. You have done a lot of exciting things in, in big companies and small companies in your own business. Is there still something undone in your professional life that you could share with us? No, that's a very good question. I, I, I know that when I was young, I had like, uh, I, I think I had three mentors that actually helped me to form my pro- professional thinking. And currently, you know, I'm doing a lot of mentoring. It's like people coming to me, people that, I'm not, nine people now across uh, Europe actually, uh, not have like weekly contact with them, but like, Every month we have contact and uh, we, we develop plans and everything. And I think like my, my development today might sound strange, but for me it's quite natural. It's like I knew how to use the toolbox to develop the strategy. I knew how to make a company successful, but I do not know everything because I'm not born in the digital era. And for me to have an opportunity to like share my knowledge and experiences with people that is like sharing back to me what what you can do with it in a different kind of an environment. It is for me tremendously interesting. I feel privileged by this opportunity. So personally, I think I can continue to work as long as I want to work and someone wants to pay for my services and so on. But what uh, constant learning is important and to interact with younger people and to give and to give. So if you give, you get. But that's not why I'm giving. I'm doing it because some people deserve a little, little, little bit extra push to understand how easy it is to make a big difference. And I actually need a little extra push to become to be more digital, even if I understand digital strategies and everything. But things, as I said, are changing quickly. And if you talk about the digitalization right now, you have like three or four industries that is leading and eight, nine industries that is moving into this. Like, So we are in the starting of a big transformation. And this has nothing to do with robots. I think in the end of the day, it has to do with the way of working. And I think it has to do with even more moving forward that human capital counts. You need to be mission-driven. And you need to have something that is inspiring people to contact you because there is so many brands out there. 
Well, there's a true power in the reverse mentoring mechanism. So I, I totally share your, your input on, on that one. And uh, it's a great way of actually exchanging that experience because you need people to bridge as well between the older world and the new world. So uh, it sounds like a very good journey and, and quest you're on there. Now, we have a final question that might seem a bit odd, but we always ask this when we interview people in this podcast. If you were a furniture, which would it be and why? Hmm. I think I, think I should be a rocking chair. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm saying that because when I was young, you know, my grandfather had a rocking chair and I was sitting in his uh, knee and he was telling me stories about life and so it's still the same, you know. That's maybe why I like sailing as well. But the rocking chair is quite nice because when you sit in that one, you can observe, you can think, you can like look into yourself and think about like, well, what should I do next? And so on. So it's like a nice place to be. And uh, when you're sitting there rocking, <laughs> it's you and the chair. And uh, so that's probably the furniture I would like to be. Well, thank you so much for sharing, life, And thank you so much for... Uh giving us some ideas, some insights and recommendations. And um, we're looking forward to bringing you back on this podcast at a later stage as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Katja, for having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Exploring Leaders, a podcast produced by DigOcean, with the ambition to inspire insightful leadership in the digital age. If you found this episode interesting, join the momentum to amplify the voices of trailblazing leaders by sharing it with others for inspiration. For any questions or recommendations on other inspiring leaders you'd like to listen to, contact us via our website, degotion.com, or via social media as LinkedIn or Twitter.